The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Psalm 103 begins, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Well, we are going to get into Psalm 103 today on Exploring the Word. This is Alex McFarlane, along with Bert Harper. And Bert, uh, I've always heard that it is appropriate and good and healthy even to be grateful and to be thankful. That's that's the right spirit to have always as a Christian, isn't it? It is. I'll tell you my thoughts. I do not believe if if you're filled with the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, letting God rule in your life, that there will not be an attitude of gratitude. Mm. Um, I honestly believe when I read Romans 1 and it says they were unthankful, neither were thankful— I think it puts on a downward spiral to your life if you're uh, not a believer. I mean, it is horrible if you're not a believer, but if you're a believer and you're not thankful, uh, I I just want to tell you, I think you're treading on dangerous water. I think uh, attitude or gratitude is that important, Alex. Well, I agree. I've quoted this many times. There were uh, Roman orators. There was a guy named Solon, S-O-L-O-N, Solon. Uh, but he said gratitude was the mother of all other virtues. Uh, you know, whether it was, you know, courtesy or just joy. But but I think that's true. And an unthankful spirit really can sort of taint and poison your whole outlook. But on the flip side, to be grateful. And, and I, Bert, I know it might sound simplistic, but to be grateful for life. I mean, I, I always come back to this, that... The good Lord created us, and he didn't have to. I mean, you know, the, the world could have gone along just fine without an Alex McFarland, and yet God gave me life, and God gives each one of us life. And so when it comes to the subject of gratitude, oh, my goodness, uh, we really do have a lot to be thankful for, and it is most appropriate. I, I think it's a privilege and a duty for us to be praising God and being grateful and in Psalm 103, uh, I, love, I love verse 2, Bert. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, if we talk about the benefits, you know, sometimes in business, they'll talk about a benefits package. You know, if, if you come to work here, well, you get retirement, you get insurance, you get a benefits package. If you buy this or that product, You know, before you send in your money, we're going to throw in this free thing, benefits. Well, you look at verse 3, and here is one of the basic benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities. Praise God, we bless the name of the Lord because he has saved us and washed our sins away. Now that is reason for gratitude. It is, and and he begins listing them. Look at the plural of benefits. It's plural, not just a benefit, not some, but all his benefits, and and they are many. And on this Thanksgiving Day, we are looking at those benefits biblically. We may throw in some more, but when you look at the benefits that he shares with us, verses 2 through 5, uh, I want to tell you, very little is left out for as a category. 
And uh, let me list them, and then let's go back and let's talk about each one some. Forgiveness, healing, redemption, covering, satisfaction, and renewal. Now, all of those are benefits that follow this statement, and we forget not all of his benefits. Let's go back to the word, do not forget. Uh, one of the things that God does not do, he does not remind us of those sins to hold them against us. But one of the benefits of the Lord is a reminder that he reminds us where he has brought us from, where we could have been, and so we don't want to forget that. Forget not those benefits. Remind yourself. I think it's something that you need to do each and every day, Alex. And uh, mm. I've most of us have down times. Uh, I've had some difficult times in my life. Now, when you start comparing difficulties, I think you run into a dangerous pattern. So I'm not comparing my difficulties with anyone else's difficulties. I I may not can relate to them. They may not can relate to me. But I know at those down times, and I have not forgotten his benefits, his love toward me, and it has been a blessing to me. So when he says, forget not all your benefits, it is a command, but it is a command that helps you. Most commands do. And Mm. this command is to forget not all of his benefits. So I am sharing with all of us today, Bert Harper included in this, Bert, don't forget all that God has done for you. Make a list, write it down repeat it and say, Lord, thank you. So, Alex, as you said, the forgiveness is right there. Forgives all your iniquities. Uh, God desires to do that. He wants to forgive. That's why I sent Jesus so that those sins could be forgiven and washed white as snow, isn't it? That's the reason Mm. he came. You know, Bert, while we're talking about how good God is and just how indebted we are to the Lord, and I mean, that's a reason to praise his name. We're so indebted to the Lord. Bert, I honestly believe when we get to heaven, we're going to find out so many things God did for us that maybe maybe we don't even know about. Let's say, let's say that you were late and you had to drive a different way. You you don't know. God may have saved you from a bad car wreck or something. God is so good to us. But in verse 4 says, okay, forget not the Lord, okay, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Bert, I always kind of study and look when I see the word redeem, redemption, redeemer, because you know what the word is? It's a, a biblical concept that you and I have taught about it a lot of times. The word in the original language there, when it says God redeems our life, it's the word for kinsman. God acts as a near kinsman, or as is so frequently stated, the kinsman redeemer. Back in Leviticus 25, and Leviticus 25, and even back in Genesis. Uh, when someone doesn't have a kinsman, now the kinsman was a relative that was able and willing to help you out when you needed help. Well, it says if someone does not have that near kinsman, then a godly Israelite was to 
show compassion and try to act as a kinsman. But see, we get there in, in chapter 2 of Ruth and chapter 3 of Ruth, um, Boaz was the kinsman redeemer, and this relates to Jesus because, look, Jesus was willing and able, fully human but not fallen human, fully God, and he was willing to lay down his life, and like Psalm 103, verse 4, he could forgive our iniquities, redeem our life from destruction, crown us with his loving kindness and tender mercies. So while we're talking about the things for which we're grateful, we're grateful for the Savior who is our kinsman redeemer. He is, Alex, and it is so good. It is powerful. Each one of these, uh, we didn't mention the healing of all your diseases. Uh, He's the healer. He really is. Physically, he has healed. He can heal. He chooses to heal. He's an emotional healer. He He heals us emotionally, and more than anything, by his wounds, we are healed. There's spiritual healing. So notice what comes first. First, the forgiveness, and out of that forgiveness flows these things. Out of his forgiveness brings the healing that we desperately need. Out of that forgiveness, we find out the kinsman redeemer in his active. And and the word crowns has the idea of covering. He covers us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now, this loving kindness is that he does us good. He really does. Tender mercies. He doesn't let us receive everything that is coming our way. He is a seed that he he blocks out so many things. Alex, you already mentioned it about the possibility of a car accident, and uh, you were delayed because of something. Had you been a little earlier, you'd have been right in the middle of that car accident. Now, he doesn't do it always. I've had some car accidents, and and I the the Lord there. But there's no telling how many I would have been had it not been for His tender mercies, His mm. loving kindness. But it's a covering, and and isn't that a wonderful thought? If if you ever had a storm come and you have an umbrella, that umbrella protects you from the direct hits. Now, a lot of times it'll splash up off the ground, get your uh, shoes and your uh, pants legs uh, wet, you know. Sometimes the wind will blow underneath that umbrella and hit you, but it's a covering where those direct hits do not come on you. God is protecting us from those so many of those direct hits that Satan is throwing at us, his fiery darts, you know, Alex, that the Bible oh, yeah. talks about. And through the Word of God and through his covering of loving kindness and tender mercies, uh, he protects us. So that covering is a protection for us, Alex. And again, that's one of the benefits that we've been talking about. But one you know, of the, I'm go always, ahead. I, I'm always just touched whenever I see a picture of like a a bird, a mother bird on the nest with look the baby birds that have hatched out. And oh, my goodness, she covers those baby birds and protects them. And that's how God covers and protects us. I mean, uh, we just think about the love that prompts someone to stand in harm's way to protect another one. Well, God does that for us. He is our covering. But he not only just gives us the basic sustenance of life. Look at verse 5. 
the Lord who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. I'm going to read eight and then we'll discuss. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Well, thank the Lord for that. Verse five, Bert, he satisfies us with good things. Um, You know what's amazing to me is that God is so full of grace. He doesn't just save us, but he blesses us. I mean, and and let me say a lot of people talk about they just want to go on to heaven, and, and I get that. The longer I live, I think about, you know, getting up to heaven to be with Christ. But this life here in this world is good, and God blesses us. And Bert, as See, salvation is not just a home in heaven. It's a journey with the Savior down here, isn't it? Amen. There's joy in the journey. And that satisfaction, it made me think, who can satisfy my soul? Only Jesus. Who who uh, can feel that vacuum that's inside your life? Only Jesus satisfies. Only Jesus could satisfy the love and holiness of God. No other man could. The law couldn't do it. The prophets couldn't do it. The angels couldn't do it. Only Jesus Jesus satisfies that demand that God has for us. But it's more than that. He not only redeems us, but he shares those good things. Alex, just as you said, he satisfies and then he renews. His joys are new every morning. That is the benefit of knowing Christ. On this Thanksgiving day, be thankful. Start reading Psalm 103 and look at those benefits. We're going to be back and look at more Psalm 103 on this Thanksgiving day. Stay tuned for more. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I come before you today. And this is one thing that I want to say. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For all you've given to me. For all the blessings that I cannot see. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Heart, with a song of praise, with an outstretched arm, I bless your name and thank you. Amen. I hope you're thanking the Lord on this Thanksgiving day. I want to thank Devin Patrick for planning ahead and getting that music in for this Thanksgiving day. I hope you're Amen. thanking the Lord. I, I just want to share with you, there's no one like him. No one ever loved you the way God loves you. And we are talking about Psalm 103 and not forgetting his benefits. But then when you come to chapter 6, you start looking at some of his character attributes. Uh, if you look at verses 2 through 5, these is kind of how he's benefited us and blessed us. When you get to chapter 6, you still see that, but you it dwells on more of the character of God. He executes righteousness, justice. He made known his ways. He's a God that wants to be known, and he's merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. we got to talk about that. Now, verse 9 and 10 kind of gives you a warning of this holy God. 
He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Now, again, when you look at these verses, you see God in his attributes. You see God with his character. And so, Alex, the Lord executes righteousness. How important is that? Now, we've talked about his love and mercy, but he is righteous. And that's why it's so important that we know Jesus Christ, that it's only through Christ that the loving kindness of God is demonstrated because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ met the criteria for a perfect sacrifice. Uh, Mm. I I praise God for this, the righteousness of God in Christ meeting that righteousness for us, brother. Mm. God is so good to us. And, you know, uh, Bert, it's such a blessing to be doing this program with you. We are in Psalm 103. By the way, if you're just tuning in, you know, we're talking about things that we're grateful for and uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, this is a pre-record. We can't take calls. And, and I understand that. I do want to remind everybody you can go to AFR.net, uh, as in AmericanFamilyRadio.net, and uh, you can listen to this show or maybe forward the link to somebody, share it with somebody. We hope you would do that. And of course, you know, most of the time, virtually all the time, Bert and I are on live, but not today. But, you know, Bert, we've got so much to be grateful for. Um, like you were reading there in verse 10, he has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Thank the Lord for that. Have you... Um, you ever heard anybody say regarding this or that, they'll say, well, I just want what's coming to me. I, I want what I am due. When it comes to the Lord, I am so thankful that he uh, spared me from what was coming to me. Amen. Because, I mean, we're sinners, and, and all that we really are due is judgment. Yep. And yet God in his mercy, when Christ went to the cross, here's what happened. Um, the appropriate measure of God's wrath that our sins deserved, we deserved it, it was put on to Jesus. It's almost like, you know, the the punishment was headed our way and it was deflected onto Jesus. And when you think about that, how he suffered not only for my sins and yours, but for those of the whole world, I, I mean, Bert, we simply cannot comprehend the love uh, like the song says, the love that drew salvation's plan. Uh, we can't comprehend the degree to which he suffered, but he did it because he loves us, and for that we should be just immeasurably grateful. Uh, it We should be, and I hope you are today. I, I want to express my thanksgiving to God in all Amen. of these ways, that he has made himself known to us, verse 7, that verse 8, though, here he comes, the Lord is merciful and gracious. What two words? Mercy is not getting what we do deserve, and graciousness is getting what we don't deserve. Mm. Now, God's mercy keeps me out of hell. God's grace takes me to heaven. And it's only through Jesus Christ that we have that. Now, he is slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Alex, those two phrases, slow to anger, He's not quick. I I just want to stop in and dig down a little bit. I, I want to be more like him. I, I'm, mm. fr- I'm afraid sometimes I pull the trigger to anger quicker than I should. 
There is a time for anger. That's what it says in the next one. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever, but he's slow to anger. And, and we need to develop that attribute. We're talking about his attributes in these verses, and it's his righteousness, his justice, his mercy, his graciousness. But here on slow to anger, uh, mm. I, I remember a class that I was in in Blue Mountain College, and I may have shared this before, but Dr. James Travis had given us a test, and it, it, we didn't do as well as he thought we should, you know, and he came in the next day after grading those. He threw those uh, papers, test papers down on the, on the desk, and he said, all I got to say, guys, you better be glad that I'm not God. If I was God, I would stamp you out now. I'm mm. glad. I, I mm. said, Dr. Travis, we're glad you're not God either, you know? And yes. you better believe, you better believe and desire that God is God and not someone else. And uh, so, Alex, well. he's slow to anger, and he will uh, he will abound in mercy. He desires that. Abounding means it's overflowing in mercy. But then it puts yes. the qualifier in it in verses, verse 9. Well, exactly. Now, I want to tell you, in verses 11 through 14 of Psalm 103, something really special and beautiful uh, is in the Word of God here. And you've heard of a simile, it's from which we get the word similar, or, or a comparison. And a simile is a literary device where you can compare something, and you help drive a point home by making a comparison. And uh, I, I'm going to cue this up. By first reading verse 10 again, he, God, hath not dealt with us after our sins, thank you, Lord, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities, because, oh my goodness, all that any of us really deserve is hell, honestly. But look at 11, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Praise the Lord. Like a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. Now, before I read verse 14, Bert, these things, for and like, the, the psalmist is trying to help us comprehend, because here's the thing. On the one hand, we need to admit that we're sinners before a holy God. But on the other thing, if you've accepted Christ and you're saved, then you can, listen, you can give yourself permission to be at peace inside. You don't always have to walk around, oh, God must be mad at me. Uh, I've got to beat myself up on the inside. And, um, oh, I bet any minute now God is just ready to drop the hammer on me. No, admit you're a sinner. Realize the gravity of that sin. But then if you're saved, you've trusted Christ, and your sins are washed away in the blood of Jesus— Give yourself permission to be at peace. Why? All right, look at the sky. How, how high is the sky? Infinite. There's no end. I mean, it's just the, the sky, the heavens, the universe, it's immeasurable. Well, as high as the heaven is above the earth, so great is the mercy of God to those that fear him. Okay? East and west, they never touch. East goes east, west goes west. But as far as the east is from the west, and that's immeasurably far. That's how far God has removed your sin and your guilt away from you. That's why, you know, like Malachi says, he's dropped our sins into the depths of the sea. You remember that? I do. And 
So um, before we get to 13, let's just talk about that. These are the language of verses uh 11 and 12 is trying to help us understand, as the songwriter said, we are saved to the uttermost, aren't we? We are. You know, if he had just used the words mercy and gracious, we would have had a little bit of what it demonstrates. But when he comes to verses 11 and 12, he gives a word picture. That simile that you was talking about, a comparison, a similar to, okay, as you talked about the heavens and the earth, you don't come to the end of the universe and see a wall and say this is where it ends because there's got to be something on the other side of the wall. It is Mm. unending. His mercy is that great is his mercy. And the word in there is toward us who fear him. This has, this has a, 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 purpose. This has a condition. Those who fear him, those who honor him, those who respect him, those who have come in relationship with him. That's why it's so important for you today to get right with God. You don't need to wait till the day after Thanksgiving on that Friday when everybody's shopping. You need to do it now. You need to ask Christ into your life now toward those who fear him. And then, he, as you said, Alex, he gives that. I'm so glad it doesn't say you're the one that uh, ever so often, and I love it when you do this, you'll say, I want to first tell you what it doesn't say. So I want to yeah. do that in verse 12. It doesn't say as far as the north is from the south. Aren't you glad? Why? Because yeah. when you go north and you get to the North Pole and you have to go on the earth, there's only one direction you go, and that is south. Yeah. The same thing is true at the South Pole. You go north. They meet, but as you said, the east and the west, as long as you're on the equator and you're going east and you don't change directions, guess what? You're always going east. And so it's immeasurable, just like you said. That is a word picture. And notice this term, as far as he has removed our transgressions from us. He didn't say that I'm holding back. No, I'm I have removed them. Uh, It's similar to erasing them, paying the debt, and remember them no more. Alex, uh, listen, we need to trust Christ. If you haven't today, I pray that you would ask Christ into your life. Alex, to know this forgiveness and this mercy, as you said, it was indescribable. It is indescribable how good it is, isn't it? Well, it is. And you know that east and the west, that was an ancient way of talking about infinity. You know, how how much has God loved us? How rescued are we from our punishment? How sequestered away are we from the guilt that we deserve? Well, uh, an infinity amount. In other words, we're secure in Jesus. That's why we love to give the verses that talk about the security we have in Christ. You know, I love how you and I have taught through, you know, Psalm 32 says he forgives all of our transgression, and Psalm 32, 1 says that he covers our sin. And so uh, one last thing, you know, Romans 4, 8, Paul is quoting Psalm 32, and he says he does not charge us with iniquity. A book bookkeeping term. We don't have any fee levied against us if you're saved. Okay, and all all of that to come up to verse 13. Like a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembers that we are but dust. Uh, Bert, the the word frame is an interesting word because it, it, it means our form, our makeup, 
It also means our purpose, and I want to come to that in just a minute. But look, um, I, yeah, I've got a lot of tools, and I know, you know, I've got a crowbar that can pretty much pull a an old board off a barn, and that crowbar, pretty stout thing. Uh, I have used a screwdriver as a pry bar, too, and probably shouldn't. Uh, I don't want to use a tool in the wrong way, but here's the thing. Um, if I've got something like a crowbar that is just indestructible, man, I, I can yank a board off of the fence or whatever. But if I've got to use a softer tool that's more delicate, I, I'm very gentle because I don't want to break the tool or damage what I'm trying to do, right? I remember what it is I'm handling because if it's delicate, I don't want to break it. All right, that's frame or form or or makeup. Like Father pities his children, the Lord pities them that fear him. Verse 14, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. Now, there's one more nuance to the word frame. See, God is merciful to us. He knows that we're sheep that wander astray. He knows even, goodness, even a born-again Spirit-filled Christian still has that fallen nature he's wrestling with. But Bert, you know, in addition to Psalm 103.14, he remembers our frame and he knows that we're but dust. It it also the word frame means our purpose. Amen. What is our purpose? The Bible says that we are not vessels of wrath. Now we were. See, before you got saved, you were a container full of guilt. I mean, really. But as saved, our purpose is to grow in Christ, to become saints, to be his representatives, to know God and enjoy God. And here's, I want to say this, I'm going to throw it to you. A big part of life and gratitude is to know who God is, but also a big part of life and gratitude is to remember who we are. And we are so blessed to have been redeemed and cleared of all guilt. Amen, Alex. And it starts before you have 14, him knowing our frame, our purpose, uh, you know, our strengths, our weaknesses, and remembers is a relationship. Isn't this interested in verse 13? With all of his mercy, all of his graciousness, as big as it is, in verse 13, he brings it into a relationship because each one of these are dependent upon the relationship that you have with God. The Father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. He wants that relationship with you, and it starts with knowing that you cannot save yourself, but knowing that Christ died on the cross and you trust him. Aren't you glad he has prepared that for us? We'll be back right after this break. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Blessed be your glorious name. 
You know, uh, I love Psalm 103. It begins with this phrase repeated, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. And we're going to see that Psalm 103 concludes by saying, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. This is Exploring the Word, and on Thanksgiving, I have to say, one of the things for which we are very, very thankful to, to the Lord is for each of you. And you listen to the program, you listen to Exploring the Word and the American Family Radio Network. And Bert, um, I know I speak for you and me and everybody. We sincerely appreciate all of you, and we thank God for you listening that we can share the Word of God and have this radio ministry together, all kinds of great, great content. But but as you listen, please know we thank God for you. We do. And honestly, uh, where would we be without one another? No man is an island. And um, I was just hearing about pastors that are feeling all alone. Sounds a little bit like Elijah felt all alone. And we need to know that we're not alone. The first problem man ever faced was aloneness, and God says it's not good. So Alex and I, we, we enjoy we enjoy doing this together. We really oh do. Goodness, we, yeah. <laughs> we we choose do. to do it together. We we want to. And and so with that, you coming in and you joining us by listening and in most days, you can call in during this time frame, but on this Thanksgiving day, uh, we're not. We're going to keep on teaching, but it is that attitude of being thankful, and we want to express to you, Alex and I both want to express to you our thanks for you being a listener. Many of you pray for us. Many of you just encourage us, and uh, we, we thank God for that, and so we want to look at and not forget all of God's benefits, according to Psalm 103. Verse 15 says, As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the winds passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But, aren't you glad that conjunction, the mercy mm-hmm. of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. Alex, man... <laughs> is not eternal. Man is temporal. And uh, that's the whole idea. It's like the grass. It's like uh, when uh, the field, it it will blow away. And the other day, uh, one of our sons lives out west and the wind was blowing and and he was driving home from a you know an appointment, and I was talking to him on the phone. He said, "Dad, a tumbleweed is just blown across the road," mm. and uh, that's kind of like we are. If it were not for God, we'd be nothing more than tumbleweeds that are blown to and fro by every wind that comes along. But because of the relationship that we have with God, it says the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Alex. Uh, that means when we start with the mercy of the Lord, he sticks with us, doesn't he? Well, he really does. And oh, my goodness, that's just reason enough to be grateful. That's why, listen, Bert, I think in our churches, in our Sunday school, in our worship services, certainly in the way that we disciple young people, we have to teach an ethic of praise. We praise God for who he is. We praise God for his word. He's given us the Bible, the true, infallible, written word of God that is for every generation to benefit from. There's Jesus. There's the empty tomb. There's the indwelling Holy Spirit. There's the body of believers to encourage us and help. We mutually help each other along this journey of being a disciple. There's answered prayer. 
There's a reunion of our loved ones in heaven that are believers. There's the ability to be used by God and be a witness. Uh, you serve Christ, you're going to get rewarded in heaven. My goodness, uh, there is a lot for the body of Christ to be thankful for. And, and let me just say this too, Bert, being here in America, and you and I both love music, and we, we often talk about hymns and songs and the Gaithers and Phillips, Craig, and Dean and, uh, you know, the Gettys. You know, the Christian life is a rich tapestry of beautiful things God puts into your life. It is not just—I've had some atheists kind of sarcastically say, oh, you Christians, you think you're going to get a mansion in heaven one day, by and by. Well, yeah, the Bible does say that. But I want to tell you I'm grateful for this rich adventure, this beautiful, beautiful story of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus along the the day-by-day path of life. I mean, it's not just heaven. It's walking with Jesus this day and every day, isn't it? It is, and it is the journey, and uh, that's what we're talking about, and this journey has some difficulties in it. Don't It has potholes. It has curves. Uh, it has the possibility of bridges being out, you know, and you so can't you're keep saying on. You may the, have to take a detour. The yeah. road has a few bumps in it. It does. It? Sometimes you have to uh, take a detour, not from heaven or not from God, but from your journey. You have to go around and see what God has. I love the book of Acts and Paul's missionary journeys. Uh, I just love to get a map out and and look at it as I read the book of Acts from chapter 13 all the way through and see how he, he weaved and got to himself. Uh, he would go from city to city until the Lord would say, hey, Paul, I want you to go over here. And uh, so it was an exciting journey. And so that's what we're talking about. And man, if it's left to himself, we're nothing more than grass. Man left to himself is nothing more than a tumbleweed. Uh, but because of the mercy of God and those and us fearing him, we are able to keep his covenant, verse 18, to those who remember his commandments to do them. In this journey, notice how this goes, Alex. In this journey, we have a covenant to keep, and we have commandments to obey. And uh, we don't—yes, God has done everything that is necessary for us to have life and to have it abundantly here. It doesn't mean it's easy. doesn't mean it's the, the, it is going to be s- smooth sailing. Uh, Paul, on, uh, on his missionary journey to Rome, that uh, he was shipwrecked, you know? And so yeah. these have some pitfalls in it, but we are to enjoy the journey, keeping his covenant. What is that covenant? It's that relationship that was started when Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross, was buried and rose again, and then we, through the power of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, we came into relationship with Him, receiving the forgiveness of our sins and the Holy Spirit coming and indwelling us to go with us through the rest of the life, or as we've been talking about, through the rest of the journey. And that covenant that He has made, the Bible says we keep up. We keep that covenant, Alex, and it's a beautiful covenant to have that relationship with the Lord Jesus, isn't it? Well, exactly, exactly. Let me read the last few verses, and then I want to really talk about this, Bert. There's so much just rich content here. 
verse 19, the Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. 21, bless ye the Lord, all his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. And verse 22, bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Okay, let's go back. It's interesting, verse 19, some translations will say, uh, the Lord has prepared his throne in the heavens. It's really established. Let me say this. God's throne is established. It's not going anywhere. The Lordship of Jesus Christ, it is a, a done deal, a foregone conclusion. Christ is Lord, and his kingdom rules over all. But now we've got several things here as, the, as it concludes. Bless the Lord his angels, his hosts, his ministers, and all of creation, all right? So his angels, now we know what those are, his, the ministering spirits to the ears of salvation. You know, uh, Job 38 verse 7 says that the angels sang and rejoiced and praised God at the time of creation. I want to talk about 22 and go backward to 21. Bless the Lord all his works, now, Isaiah 55, 12 says that the leaves of the trees clap their hands in praise to God. Bert, um, out in Colorado, did you ever hear of a kind of a tree, the aspen tree? Oh, yeah. And when the leaves blow, they kind of wiggle back and forth, and they call them the quaking aspens. You ever heard of that? Yes, I have. I've seen them. Matter of fact, we were out there visiting our son, and uh, so we went to a ranch that was up high where the aspens grow, and we t- uh, took a trail ride through those aspens in the fall of the year. And it was one of the greatest treats in the world, Alex, as they were talking about those, uh, those aspen and those trees. You not only see it, you hear it, you know? Yes. It declared yes. the glory of God, I believe, you know? Well, you know, whenever uh, Angie and I lived out there and I would see the quaking aspens, I thought of Isaiah fifty-five twelve and the trees clapping their hands in glory to God. So it says the angels and all of his works. But for a minute, let's drill into verse 21. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Now, I know that heavenly hosts oftentimes talks about angels, right? Right. The word host is really the word armies, and the word ministers serve. Now, Bert, um, I don't want to do injustice to this text here, but um, I know some other armies that serve the, the King of Kings, and that's the church, the ranks of the believers that have stepped out throughout all of history, and even right now, believers throughout all the world that serve the Lord we, the born-again redeemed who know the Lord, we serve the Lord. In fact, we actually represent the Lord to a watching world. We, too, are to bless his name, aren't we? We are. Now, I, I want to go back to verse 19 and see if I can tie this in, see if you see it. Notice you talked about his throne being established. It is set. It is strong. No one can come against it. Satan tried to come up against it and raise his throne as high as God, and he was thrown out of heaven. And then his kingdom rules over all. 
Now, after that kingdom rules, notice who's it mentioned. You talked about the angels, you're talking about the mighty army, and you're talking about the servants. All of those are positions in his kingdom where he rules. And so he uses them as he will. Angels, another word, is messengers. In other words, he is sending those messengers with a message. But you was talking about the church. Guess what? We're messengers as well. We have the message. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. We're to shout it out everywhere. We're the host, as you said, an army. Do you remember that children's song, We're in the Lord's Army? You know? Yes, sir. And, and uh, it's militaristic. And people, oh, you shouldn't teach them that. I think you should. Paul told Timothy that. He says, endure hardness as a what? Good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so mm-hmm. the whole idea here is being a part of the kingdom. And as we close this, uh, we got about four minutes left here on this program. We want to make sure on this Thanksgiving day that you are in that relationship where you're a part of his kingdom. Uh, Alex, do you remember when Jesus was standing before Pilate and uh, and and uh, Pilate was wondering about the king and, and those, his army, and Jesus simply said, my kingdom's not of this world. My kingdom's different. My kingdom is, is different than the armies of the world. The armies, uh, it is spiritual. You remember what it says? We do not fight against flesh and blood, against strongholds and principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. So this kingdom is a kingdom that is greater than anything on this earth. You know, Mm -hmm. Alex, the kingdoms of this world, guess what they'll do one day? They will bow to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, which is Jesus Christ. So this psalm, I just love it. It starts out talking about his benefits, and it finishes with his reign in his Mm. kingdom. And guess what? One of the benefits is we reign with him. How glorious, Alex. Oh, my goodness. How glorious indeed. It really is. Do you remember the song uh, Onward Christian Soldiers? You remember that? Marching as to war. Yes. Yeah, and you know what it is? got to say this. It is militaristic in a way because we're in the middle of spiritual warfare, and, you know, it talks about kingdoms rise and wane like a mighty army. The Church of God moves on, though. And then it goes on. Uh, You know, you were talking about his kingdom rules over all. Angels, everything does the creation, does what it was designed to do, except humanity. Humanity, we're, we're the, the part of creation that doesn't do what we were created to do, which is praise God, know God, enjoy God forever. Um, and, you know, today on this Thanksgiving Day, Bert, I really think one of the greatest things we could do, uh, like Daniel purposed in his heart, like First Peter 3.15, set apart Christ, purpose in your heart, make a decision. Number one, that you'll know the Lord if, if you've got any question whether or not you're really saved. I mean, number one, greatest thing you could do for yourself and to honor God is to be for certain that you've been born again by c- calling out to Christ and saying, Lord Jesus, save me from my sins. But assuming you're a Christian, and I hope you are a Christian, purpose in your heart that you will praise God and you'll praise Him by obeying Him and serving Him 
and truly letting him be the Lord of every aspect of your life. That's Thanksgiving. It is, and he finishes it with his dominion, his kingdom, his dominion. We will answer to him, and when we stand before him, we want to stand before him in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so that's what Alex and I are saying on this Thanksgiving Day. Make sure you're right with God. Trust Christ. Serve him. Love him. Alex, happy Thanksgiving, brother. Happy Thanksgiving to you, my dear brother. And on behalf of Devin and Bert and myself, we thank you for listening. May God bless you. Tell somebody about American Family Radio. Most of all, tell everybody about Jesus.